Greetings and welcome to the audio etheric transmission, The Tales of Sage and Savant. Our tale stars Eddie Louise as Dr. Petronella Sage, Chip Michael as Professor Erasmus Savant, Emily Riley Pyatt as Mix Abigail Entwistle, and myself, Justin Bremer, as your humble narrator. This month, we welcome Ian Humphrey as guest star in the role of Damien Ferguson. If you want to learn more of the stories of Sage and Savant and the reasons why I record these broadcasts, you can pick up our book Transmigrations, available on our website and everywhere books are sold. If you like our show and would like to help us do what we do, go to patreon.com slash sageandsavant and become a supporter. This month's program, entitled The Call is from Inside the House, features the music of Valentine Wolf. And now, without further ado, we bring you the tales of Sage and Savant. Last we saw our heroes, the doctor was meeting with a man from Les Arrêts du Temps, and the professor and Abigail were meeting with Wei Boyang, and a horrible feeling of dread was hanging over everything. It was more than I could take. I wish I could tell you that I acted with forethought, or even with permission. I did at least have the foresight to enable my PRD, so there is a record of what I did. Rather than tell you what happened, I'll just play the file. cannot stress this enough, the world is determined to destroy your groundbreaking research, to stop it from being used to the betterment of humanity as you wished. How can that be possible? If I published my work, as you say, the results of my findings would be in the public domain. Future scientists will have examined my conclusions, built upon them with findings of their own. Science does not occur in a vacuum. We each incorporate and expand upon the work of those that came before us. That may be true, but history has a way of discarding and ignoring that which does not align with the dominant worldview and the dominant classes. Men. Not just men, Dr. Sage. The literati, the scholarly establishment, the shattering classes attempting to save man from himself. What can I do? Must I be responsible for more than publishing my results? 
Or are you saying I will spend my life fighting the same battle again and again? Rest assured, it is not your battle alone. Les Héroïs du Temps is in this fight with you. Merde. We're being watched. Yes, I fumbled and dropped the mic. I was using a spaghetti mic, so the tech itself wouldn't have made a sound loud enough to be heard, but I was an idiot and swore, drawing attention to my presence. I quickly coiled the mic around my wrist and tried to play it cool. I failed. Excuse me, young man, can I help you? Oh, Justin, isn't it? Oh, Damien Ferguson. I didn't, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a big fan. I've, I've read all of your books. How nice. I'm sorry we didn't get to uh, speak in person at the Aeronautics Festival last month. Damiana had wanted to introduce the two of us, but official duties called. No, no, of course. You, you, you had official stuff to do, of course. Uh, oh, hello. I'm Justin, and, and you are? Dr. Pe Peter Smith. Uh, pleased to meet you. Likewise. What brings you to Recondite? Oh, I'm... Sorry, Justin, but I'm afraid we must be going. Peter, we wouldn't want you to miss your appointment. We wouldn't want to keep the Academy waiting. Yes, of course. Nice to meet you, Justin. You too, Dr. S Smith. I tried to follow, but Ferguson was too watchful. He lost me in the pneumatic station. I didn't know what else to do, so I hurried to the hospital, hoping to catch up with the professor and Abigail. I caught them just as they were leaving. Erasmus, uh, Professor Savant, uh, Ab, Ab, mix that whistle. I'm sorry, do I know you? Petra! No, not Petra. I'm sorry, yes, I am Erasmus Savant. How may I be of service? Uh, honestly, I, I didn't really think that far. I just... We, we need to talk, but not here. I'm worried about Petra. You know Petra? Who is she in this time? Can you take us to her? Come with me. We'll find a place where we can speak freely. I didn't know what else to do, so I took them to my place. I didn't handle meeting them in person very well. I think I muddied the water more than anything. Oh, I'll just let you listen. It's not much, but it is home. This era is very concerned with space usage and efficiency, isn't it? But the pneumatic train was marvelous. Do all people live in such compact homes? Well, home size is in direct relation to the number of people living there. But the square meters per person remain about the same. Large houses are wasteful and unnecessary in general. I see. There does not seem to be a kitchen. Is there a central dining hall? Oh, uh, are you hungry? I can fix something. We have... machines. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I don't know how much I should be explaining. Food would be good, but perhaps you should tell us what you wanted to talk about first. Start with who you are and how you know us, please. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. My name is Justin Bremer, and I am a historian and cultural anthropologist in the employ of Le Chargé de la Faire. I have been studying you. Well, not you specifically. I am tasked with studying Dr. Sage and transmigration. Well, that would explain how you know our names, but not how you recognize us in these forms. Forgive me, I'm not really sure of protocol here. 
If, if you were from my time, I would definitely be breaking my NDA to tell you anything. NDA? Oh, um, non-disclosure agreement. I signed a contract that prohibits me from talking about certain aspects of my work and of the technology I use. It's new and very proprietary. But I have come this far, I... I guess I'll just risk it. As Wei Boyong told you, I use telesensation to peer into the past via quantum entanglement. You know Wei Boyong? He is my employer. Well, with the help of Lucy, an advanced intelligence computer, I experience episodes as if I were there, as if I were you. Telesensation puts you in our heads. Yes. So Petra perfects co-perception after all. I don't think Petra developed this technology. It's, it's brand new. I'm the first. And I don't leave my body. I'm not transmigrating. You said you experience what happens to us as if it were happening to you. Do you hear what we hear? Feel what we feel? Think what we think? Um, pretty much. Although Lucy turns down the volume on some of your emotions or physical traumas so that I can observe without being overwhelmed. You observe everything. Do you know where Petra is now? Well, no. She's become hard to stay entangled with. I catch glimpses of her. That is why I need to speak to you. She's here now in my time, and she's talking with some dangerous people. Lazaretitam. Oh, God. I just realized Damien Ferguson is Lazaretitam. I wonder if Day knows. Wei Boyong told us about Lesare du Temps, but he didn't say anything about it being a day. Oh no, I'm, I'm sorry. Day is a girl, uh, Damiana. She's Damien Ferguson's daughter. She works at Le Chargé de l'Affaire. We are... friends. She can't know about her father. Uh, anyway, Lesare du Temps. We don't know enough about them. They're shadowy, but they have done something. What? Things. They electro-tortured me, for one thing. But none of what they have done is important. What scares me is what they want to do. I want to prevent Petra, Dr. Sage, from being snared by their plans. I don't want her research used for whatever nefarious thing they plan on doing with it. I heard Wei Boyang tell you he remembers a past where transmigration was everywhere. Well, I have studied the Steam Era extensively, up through the first two World Wars. <gasps> World War? And there was no such technology. The first time I heard of transmigration was in my job interview two months ago. So, Petra doesn't succeed? Well, maybe. I mean, she didn't succeed before, or at least it wasn't in my history studies. So you've been learning about us using this new technology for the past two months. You've been in our heads for two months. My two months. I can usually scan multiple records in a workday. I believe I have spent the equivalent of three years with you since I was hired by Le Chargé de l'Affaire. I'm sorry, but I can't help but be skeptical. You couldn't encompass three years of the doctor's research in two months. I don't have to completely understand the science. My job is to report on the cultural, the personal. The rapidity of my research is a product of the technology. Lucy speeds through times of inactivity, sleeping and the such. So you do not dream our dreams. That is at least a relief. 
I can understand how you might feel uncomfortable with this, Abigail, but unlike the doctor's co-apperception, my consciousness is not really inside of yours. More like watching it as entertainment. That does not make it better. I am not an actress to be consumed. Oh, but I can understand, Abigail. From a historian's viewpoint, it must be invaluable information, and in Justin's defense, we are technically nothing but long-dead humans whose lives have mostly lost to the mist of time. You know, my life was a lot simpler when I was nothing but an oblivious med student. I may not have yet understood that I really wanted to be a veterinarian, but I was entirely clear on the ethics of occupying a head that was not my own. Oh! What was that? What was what, Abigail? A, a ping or a ding? Oh, there it is again. Can't you hear it? Wait a minute. Uh, let me check for implants. Ah, yes. Uh, this body has an internal comms unit. Hmm? Give me your hand, Abigail. Here. Do you feel these two little bumps behind your ear? Mm -hmm. If you tap the one closest to the earlobe, it will pick up the call. The call? Oh, yes. How would you relate? It is a telephone call. There is a telephone inside my head! Not exactly. We don't use telephones any longer. This body will have a computer chip about the size of your little fingernail installed directly. It can take communications, watch entertainment, read, or listen to music. Oh. Huh. So, I have a telephone a phonograph machine, and a cinematographic projector in my head. Brilliant! It is still digging. Should I answer it? Best not. Double tap the button and it'll send the call to voicemail. I have no idea what that means, but alright. I tapped it two times like you said. No, this call is for me. It's coming in on my house line. Mm. If you'll excuse me just a moment, I'll take it on my chip. Well, that is interesting. He doesn't have to speak out loud in order to have a conversation. I think he looks creepy. He's gone a bit blank-faced. Oh, he is just concentrating. Do you think it is true what he said? That he watches us all the time? I don't know. But he did recognize us in these bodies without prompting. So either it's true, or Wei Boyang is playing some sort of game. Still, this Justin seems to care for Petra. I am terribly sorry. That was Lucy. I'm needed back at the office. A new record has just appeared. Record? One of Petra's discover. Professor! What happened? Professor? He's gone. His body is dead. I don't understand. It didn't look like he was feeling ill. No, he didn't have a, a medical problem here. He must have been recalled. Something must have gone wrong in the laboratory. Oh God, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what to do. I've, I've got to get back to the office. I don't want to leave you here alone, but I... I'll just go with you. You can't. I'd never get you past security. Wait, let me call Lucy. Justin, I told you you were needed here immediately. Why aren't you on your way? I've got a bit of a complication, Lucy. I have Abigail and the Professor here at my house. Well, I did have them here. Now it's just Abigail. Scanning. The Professor has been recalled. This is the beginning of the anomaly. This is where time originally fractured. But what do I do? I don't want to leave Abigail alone here with a dead body. I 
I'm sure the doctor and the professor will recall her soon. I'll send a medbot to deal with the bodies. Just get here now. We need to know what the doctor is up to. I'm sorry, Abigail. I have to go. When you get home... When I get home, I will literally never transmigrate again. When you get home, watch out for any sign of Lesare Dutin. I won't be able to get a message to you, but you'll be able to pass information on to me. Anything you learn could be valuable. I'm sorry, but I've got to go. And that was the end of my foray into espionage. Vague warnings and ineffectual sharing of information. What did I find when I returned to the office? We'll find out after this short musical break. And now, dear friends, we invite you to listen to the talented melodical expressions of Valentine Wolf.
And now, back to our story. When we left our story, the professor had been recalled, a befuddled Abigail had been sequestered in my apartment, and I was called back to work late at night for mysterious reasons. When I got back to Le Chargé de la Faire, everything looked normal, if dark. I'd only been to the office a couple of times at night, so I wasn't used to it. The motion sensor light swooshed on when I stepped out of the tube, though, and a lighted path guided me to the door. I held my wrist aloft for moth identification as I went through. Um, a moth is a flying security scanner. It recognized me, and the usual green path lit up. I jogged along to my office, dressed in my compression suit as quickly as possible, and climbed into my chair. Lucy was waiting for me and quickly lowered the helmet. Lucy, what did you mean there's a new file? This morning we did not have a file entry for this date. Today, we have a diary entry. Something has changed in the timeline. Do we have any idea what it contains? That is what we need you to find out. Ready? Ready. Please initialize the telesensation file. My eyes opened to complete darkness. What? What? Where, where am I? As our eyes adjust, I begin to make out some details. The doctor is lying on a blanket on the floor of the darkened space. It is not a house, but she is definitely inside. There are no windows, no light at all, really. As she sits up, she realizes that her left ankle is in shackles and the chain pulls taut, anchored somewhere off to her right. Hello? Oh, oh my head. Petra reaches up and discovers that her head is swathed in bandages. What is this? Am I transmigrated? She is not transmigrated though she doesn't seem too aware of that fact. Petra runs her hands quickly over her body, realizing as she does so... I don't... How can I... Is this me? It doesn't feel unfamiliar. But then, very few bodies feel unfamiliar anymore. I am female. I'm dressed in the right clothes from my own era. But how do I tell if I am me? Oh, get a hold of yourself, Petra, and think. I had gone to the far future. I was in the pneumatic train. Ah, this body is wearing a corset and skirts, so I'm not still in the future, but who am I? Where am I? Well, wherever I am, there are bones. A lot of bones. What's this? A carafe of water. <laughs> and a bucket? I don't understand. 
I think I am me, but why am I here? What is wrong with my head? Why am I here alone in the dark? Erasmus? Erasmus, are you here? Anyone? Hello? Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, we seem to be in the catacombs under Paris, the great necropolis, the city of the dead. In her panic, Petra pulls at the bandages wound around her head, unwrapping the gauze and revealing a bloody cotton pad pressed against a fresh surgical scar above her ear. A, a surgical scar? I've had brains? Ow! That smarts. This is... This would be the site of entry for... This body has been rendered blank. The hair is shorn, but that's no proof. They would have done that before surgery anyway. Oh, curse it! Who is this body, and why am I in it, and where the bloody hell am I? Calypso? Hello? Your patient is awake? Hello? Damn them. Why was this body just dumped down here in these filthy conditions? Chained up with a filthy damn chain, expected to relieve myself in a filthy damn bucket. Filthy, filthy, filthy. You need to cover the wound, Petra. Wait. Rinse your hands. Lessen the chance of infecting. Put the non-bloody side of the pad to the inside. Place the end of the bandage above and beyond the edge of the pad. Wrap carefully around the cranium, first under the ionin, then above, and then finally across. Secure the loose end of the bandage by tucking under there. That is one thing done. All right, Petra. It's time to use that brain that you're so proud of. Assess. I am in a female body that has recently had brain surgery. This body was laid out in a crypt or a tomb of some sort. But there is fresh water and a bucket, which I assume is for elimination, so whoever put the body here knew it was not dead. Put the pieces in order, Petra. Facts lead to truth. And slowly, Petra calmed her racing heart with the familiar rhythms of logic and the quest for answers. Unfortunately, the answers were not apparent. And as the hours in the dark stretched on, the calm began to recede. High copper alloy, brasses, bronzes, copper nickels, copper nickel zinc, leaded copper. Hey, if anyone can hear me, now would be a good time to make an appearance. I'm almost through the catalog of the alloys and the Latins. It would be a very good time to come and explain what the hell is going on here. Anyone? No! The doctor feels
feels the sudden intrusion of a foreign presence in her brain. The feeling is an agonized tearing of fibers under incredible stress. Where her brain was designed to hold one consciousness, a hole has been torn and a second makes itself known. Hello, doctor. So once you and I have a little chat and come to an understanding. The feeling of having another person inside your head is gut-wrenching. It is wrong. It is a fundamental disarrangement of universal order. Telesensation is a one-way street. It allows me to know and feel what Petra does, but she feels no intrusion at my presence. Now that I think of it, Telesensation is closer to her stated aims for co-apperception than the violent invasion that is happening now. Each time before, when Petra enacted co-apperception, I was protected from these feelings by dint of my entanglement with the doctor. For the invading consciousness, co-apperception is painless, but for the victim, it is a disoriented horror. Our brains serve primarily as perception filters accumulating information from the senses and translating that into thought and action. Each person perceives the world in a slightly different way. When you lay one perception filter over the other, the gaps become chasms, the contrasts become battering rams, each consciousness battling to hold its own perceptions as the truth. Dr. Sage, I I'm gonna need you to calm down. No, get Get out! Get out! Petronella Sage, sit down this minute before you do harm to yourself. Sit down. I don't want to. All right, do as you please. I shall just wait here until you have time to speak. I have no intention of speaking with you, whoever you are. Not as long as you are in my head without permission. Oh, quickly, the surgeon disavows his own butchery. I, I beg your pardon. It was said that in the early days of the surgical arts, physicians would often refuse the very surgeries they were so eager to practice on others. The mortality rate was so high, you see, uh, it was better to practice only on others, leaving their surgical brothers unscathed to continue their barbarism. That is a mischaracterization. Yes, of course it is. All of history is a mischaracterization. Novels are mischaracterizations. Film, stream bots, all of human story and knowledge is a mischaracterization of one thing or another. We humans do have a tendency to subjectify our accounts. I want to tell you that I recognize that voice. Unfortunately, I cannot. I only know what Sage knows, and she does not recognize him. I can sense that this answer does not satisfy, but the truth of it is that the voice of our consciousness does not always match up with the voice of our physical forms. I was quite shocked the first time that Lucy rewound to play my inner voice aloud. It is deeper, more confident than I sound in real life. There is something of the timber that is recognizable as me, but it definitely does not sound the same. 
Have you ever recorded yourself and hated how it sounded? Imagine the opposite. Imagine that your voice sounded exactly as it does inside your head. Maybe the invader will say something that allows us to identify him. Aren't you at all curious? Who you are? Where you have learned co-apperception? Of course I am, but not at the expense of my own sanity. Well, in any case, who I am does not matter at this point. And in a manner of speaking, I learned co-apperception from you, so... What do you mean you learned it from me? I have not proven a way to effectively enact such a thing. The foreign presence is simply too much for our consciousnesses to encompass. Perhaps one day, as a method to revive catatonics or diagnose the unconscious, but for now, I have decided not to include it in my research findings, so how do you have my work? I'm not at liberty to divulge the information. Now, if you would just calm down and pay attention. <laughs> calm down. Calm down. The next thing I know, you will be telling me to smile. I don't know who you are. But you cannot have done your homework on me, because I have made it quite obvious through my entire career that I do not hold with being told what to do by a man. Get out. You are what Erasmus warned me of. You are not here to diagnose or to support. You are here to conquer, to bend me to your will. No wonder Erasmus saw the technology as evil. In hands of men, it will be. Get out! I understand your stress, Doctor, but I am not going away. Our position is secure and time is on my side. <laughs> you haven't time enough in your universe to bend Dr. Petronella's sage to your will. I do not have to bend you. Your body will do that for me. You see, you have limited water no light, and no possible way to get help. You can scream, but no one will hear you. You have no implement that might help you break free from the shackles. You are here until I return and pass along the message that I have been successful. I will not bend. yourself. What followed was hours, in fact days, of the mysterious voice in her head, attempting to flatter, coerce, and threaten in order to pry the information they sought from Petra's head. Before we learn if he was successful, we will pause for a word from our creator. Hello listeners, Eddie Louise here, writer of the Tales of Sage and Savant. A few years ago, I had a repetitive dream of being a scientist, specifically of being a scientist in the late Victorian age, when women were restricted by corsets and petticoats by sexism in society. 
I don't remember much from the dreams, but a driving sense of ambition, an overwhelming need to understand something, and a willingness to do anything to achieve knowledge. The dream reoccurred night after night for a week, but it always ended in the same way, in the application of high amperage electricity to my own body in order to achieve those goals. I would awaken gasping, wondering why someone would electrocute themselves for science. So now, I want to take a moment to say a personal thank you to each and every one of you who've decided to journey along with me as I discovered the answer to this question. Dr. Petronella Sage is nearing the end of her quest, and I have found the answers I was seeking. I am formally announcing that season four will be the final season for Sage and Savant. I will be eternally grateful to my husband and co-creator, Chip Michael, not only for indulging my crazy ideas, but enthusiastically working to bring them to fruition. I'm thankful for Justin and Emily for lending their voices and their passions to this project. And most of all, I'm grateful to you, the listeners who have breathed life into Petra in ways that I never dreamed possible. I hope you enjoy these final months as Dr. Sage finds the answers that she seeks. If you've enjoyed our story, please review us on iTunes and Podchaser and reach out on Twitter or on the Podcast Junkie Discord server. We really want to hear from you. Thank you for raging against Petra Sage's limiters, for championing her cause, and for believing in the power of women in science. Yes, dear friends, you heard it here. All of us at Sage and Savant value each and every one of you. And now, back to our show. Ladies and gentlemen, you know as well as I that Dr. Petronella Sage is stubborn, intractable, bullheaded, and inventive. She has brought all these qualities to the fore in her efforts to dislodge the foreign entity in her brain. Currently, that involves the use of Gilbert and Sullivan. I am the very model of the modern major general. I've information, vegetable, animal, and mineral. I know the kings of England, and I quote the fights historical. From Marathon to Waterloo, in order categorical. I'm very well acquainted, too, with matters mathematical. I understand equations, both the simple and quadratical. I understand equations, both the simple and quadratical. About binomial theorem, I'm teeming with a lot of news. With many cheerful facts about the square of the hypotenuse. Your percussion is improving, but you still miss the downbeat. I'm very good at integral and differential calculus. I know the scientific names of being beings and immaculus. In short, in matters vegetable, animal, and mineral, I am the very model of a modern major general. She has been at this for hours, ladies and gentlemen. I have Lucy to mute the pain. I cannot imagine how this is grating on the last nerve of the invading consciousness. I know our mythic history, King Arthur and Sir... What do you know of history, rapist? Rapist? You call me rapist? You, who hope to make your fortune literally taking over the forms of others? Not fortune, fame. That you confuse the two is telling. Transmigration uses discarded forms. You cannot rape the dead. 
<laughs> you sheltered summer child. Your ethics are only partially formed and based on an incomplete philosophy, but I will grant you that transmigration does no harm to the original occupants of such bodies. What thought have you ever spared to the loved ones, however? How hard must it be to face the death of a friend or family member not once, but twice? It isn't like that. Perhaps not in the past, but in my time. We all have monitoring devices that record things like time of death. Can you imagine the paperwork you have inspired? The burning questions, the seething anger every time you have ventured more than a hundred years into the future? Time travel is not a victimless crime, Petra. I know our mystic history, King Arthur's answer, Caradox. I'll answer hard acrostics. I've a pretty taste for paradox. I will try and spare you the worst of the singing, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, here we are. Finally, after hours, Petra's voice is ragged and incapable of continuing to sing. The doctor made a few stabs at singing mentally, but it was difficult to hold the rhythm in her mind, and other thoughts soon intruded. So, you are not from my time. You are from the future. You cannot be working in concert with Les Chargés de l'Affaire, but... But you are associated in some way. <sighs> Which tells me that you are connected to Sly Calypso, the transmigrationist who has been the most helpful towards my work, but also the most prying when it comes to specifics. Huh. Look. She has a brain after all. You are getting tired, cranky. Whoever you are, you had been led to believe, again, I'm guessing by Sly Calypso, that co-apperception meant that you would have full access to all my thoughts and memories. I do. I am in your head. <laughs> have thought you would understand the brain better than that in the future. <laughs> I do not find this funny, and I do not appreciate your stalling. So, let's attempt the direct route, shall we? I need to know the specifics of how transmigration works. I need amps, voltages, pitches. I need to understand Faraday armor, resonance chambers, CRAP helmets, and induction tables. <laughs> and you expect me to just give you this information? Why should I? Because the future depends on it! It does not. I have been to the future. Things seem to get along just fine there. You have been to a future, one of many potential ones. But here is what you don't understand. I'm sorry, Justin. There is some kind of fault in the file. Can we fix it? Working. Has Abigail been recalled yet? Checking. No, she is still sitting on your couch. 
That is odd. She should have been recalled immediately. It has been a couple of hours. I'll open a channel. Come on, Abigail, pick up. Uh, hello? Abigail, this is Justin. Is everything okay? I assume so. Although, I don't know why I haven't been recalled. We may not have much time. Listen, the doctor is in Paris. She's being held in the catacombs below the city. What? Held by whom? A and for, for, for what? Lucy, we've been cut off. Scanning. Abigail has been recalled. The medbot is on the way to retrieve the bodies and return them to the hospital. Well, what do we do about Dr. Sage, about the professor and Abigail? There is nothing we can do, Justin. You must remember that this all happened in the past. It happened right here, right now! Your blood pressure is rising again, Justin. You must try to remember that the work you are doing is critical to our understanding and our ability to help the doctor. We are already doing what we can to help. Now, I've been able to retrieve a small bit of data from the corrupted file. Shall we look at it? Yes! Initiate telesensation file. File initialized. I find myself back in the catacombs with a heavy sense of vertigo. The doctor slumps on her pallet, sweaty and beginning to fever. The voice of the intruder pounds in her head with the force of hammer blows, insistent and unrelenting. The future is what we make it. And I believe that it is the highest calling of mankind to shape the future to our will. The same way you shape electricity to your bidding. The time has come for a complete truth between us. I, I work with Elisere Ditton. You met with one of our representatives a few weeks ago? Weeks? I've been gone for weeks? You fools! You have jeopardized everything! My Erasmus and Abigail must be frantic. What have they told the college of my absence? Get out of my head! Go back to whatever hole you crawled out of and report your failure. Just get out! Get out! Get out! Get out! Get out! Get out! Petra experiences blinding pain. Light flashes behind her eyes, red and angry. A forked trail of agony burning like ice sears across her consciousness. The last thing she hears before falling into unconsciousness is... professor find the doctor in the dark, and if he rescues her physically, can she be rescued from herself? We'll find out in the next episode of The Tales of Sage and Savant. The Tales of Sage and Savant is a twin star production, brought to you on the first of each month from our Southern California studios. Starring Eddie Louise as Sage, Chip Michael as Savant, Emily Riley Pyatt as Abigail, and Justin Bremer as the narrator. Special guest of this episode was Ian Humphrey, the creator of an amazing audio drama you should listen to called Under the Shroud. 
Find it everywhere that you find us. Soundtrack music, sound design, and audio engineering by Chip Michael. The theme song for season four was interpreted and recorded by Victor and the Bully. Special music in this episode was provided by Valentine Wolf. Check them out at valentinewolf.com. That is Wolf with an E. Episode 403, The Call is from Inside the House, was written by Eddie Louise. Check out our website, sageandsavant.com, to find the facts behind the fiction. If you like our show and would like to help us do what we do, go to patreon.com sageandsavant and become a supporter. And finally, as always, we urge you to remember that death is no barrier to science.